Welcome. 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 To views from the bridge. 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 This season, it seems like it's been Philly versus everybody. Do we want to be a good team or do we want to be f-ing great? Shabelka. Back to Fontana again. Good ball, Matt Riel. Good combination. Shabelka. Down for Shabelka. He'll see now. Shit. What a goal. Oh, boy. And he dips the old on your bike. Pretty a dupe as you're going to see in any old opening back. Derek's up the middle. Go! I want you to take the field and remember two things tonight. Number one, this is our house. And number two, this is now our conference. It's Philly or nothing. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Views from the Bridge. I am your host for this evening. Uh, Justin Ashcraft, uh, Evan Villela is taking the night off, I guess. You know, I don't know. Maybe he, he was need it. totally... He, he, he has corporate sick days here in the company of views from the bridge that we like to incorporate. So, you know, just got to use them before the year, or the, the fiscal yeah, yeah. year, I should say. Yeah. Also, I, th- I just think at this point, we're not allowed to have all four people together because it's been, what, three Social weeks distancing. since we've had a, a full squat? Yeah, maybe that's just the thing. Maybe it's just like COVID is keeping us from being in the same Yeah, the, studio, the so. podcast limits for one chat room are actually three people, so we're just, you know, we're trying to set the bar for We we could only podcasts. we could only get a room for that was 18 feet, so to spread us six feet out. <laughs> only three of us are in the room. Uh the voices that you're hearing uh first of all, um a guy who plays apparently the same video game as Soldier Boy uh chuck booth is here i can tell you that i definitely play a lot more hours of football manager than he does but uh i was quite surprised to see that he's trying to figure out the world of mls um via twitter yeah i mean if you want some entertainment sometime check out twitch and soldier boy was digging into football manager tonight which is you know rappers and football manager obvious comparison <laughs> obviously that gels up pretty well yeah and that it's voice fun, is, man that voice is paul katrina hi everyone how's it going <laughs> i'm in the process you sound of so happy to be here oh i'm moving so anything to stop me from doing moving things is always a nice change of pace but boy gee willikers am i tired and happy to be talking about a game that made me more tired well i was gonna say guys uh before we well before we dig into the game i do have to say we're sponsored by roughneck scarves and icarus fc part of the beautiful game network you guys know all of that you can catch all the information about that at the end of the episode if you're really looking for a place to go uh the union played a soccer game mm. that was yes. a soccer game indeed it wasn't a terrible game it wasn't a great game, and it was a soccer game. At 22 guys, you know, 90 minutes, and in the end, the Germans didn't win because they drew. It, it was a tie. Well, so, the, the, Ger- the Germans did win today, though. They won today, not, not in that other game. You know, that team that we talk about. 
Well, speaking uh, of Germans, <laughs> you know, to pull one of Evan's <laughs> introductions here, uh, speaking of Germans, uh, there was a certain German who was not on the field on Thursday. When uh, has he been on the field? When has he been on the field? Yeah. Well, he was there most of the Oh, wait. Sorry. sorry. No. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. mix, mixing on, up talk, people. You're our, you're they, our no. Guy. I was no, talking about do, your son. Your son was do, not on the field, and you are unaware of this? I'm no, I'm not. I'm very aware that Kai did not play in that game, and that Matt Real was starting at left back. Um, I was actually going to ask uh, why, because I'm not a hundred percent sure what the reasoning was on that. He had a muscle contusion, or if you saw the typo that was on Twitter, there was a leg confusion. Mm, yes, leg confusion. You ever just wake up? It's like I want to be fingers today. <laughs> like, come on. You know, his leg has seemed to be very confused all season, but, you know, whatever. It's cool. He had a leg contusion, so that's why Kai Wagner was not on the field, which allowed Matt Real to get a rare start. I mean, it was nice to see him, like, you know, for the most part, he held his own. Definitely uh, about the same amount offering, like, going forward speed-wise, but just not as technically, like, gifted with crossing as Kai is, but it's good to get those homegrown kids some minutes, definitely, like, especially when it comes to something like, oh, snap. The left back position isn't highly touted, but it's nice to have a backup who's a homegrown and who's, you know, U17 and definitely has talent there. Just clearly falls on the depth chart just because Kai does things at left back that most left backs in MLS don't do. Yeah, How does uh, Matt Real feel – when he basically came up with uh, Mackenzie and Aronson, who are now at basically the top of the pecking order for both Union homegrowns at U.S. Youth Nationals, and he stuck behind an MLS All-Star left back. Uh, <laughs> certainly stinks, especially when you think, it's like, what's that one position that not many people like to play all the time, like? Kid walks on the field and goes, I'm going to play the striker because I want to score the goals. And Matt Real's like, nah, dude, left back, left back. I chill back. I swing along the wings and I'm slinging in balls. And you get real good at it on a team that likes to promote talent from within. And you get promoted and then all of a sudden <laughs> you, you buy this guy, Kai, who's labeled a machine. And you see why he's called a machine, uh, a, a malfunctioning one at the current moment given his injury status but good a good solid mls left back so it, it's got to stink to an extent but you also got to imagine that he's pretty proud for his guys that he was growing up with and seeing them succeed too if it's a driving motivation thing then he's definitely like wanting to work harder but you can also be proud of your teammates that you grew up with let me give you a stat that i like about matt real though from the game the other night, two shots and one shot on goal. It's nice. Hey, if I mean, someone has to do it, someone has to do it. It's nice when, you're, when your fullbacks are getting up the field and creating some chances, especially when you only had 11 shots in the game, when your left back has two of them. Yeah, That's pretty, pretty telling. <laughs> and I would um, say Matt Riel's was the bullet, man. <laughs> pretty good yeah, it, was a, it was a good it was a good shot for sure 
for sure. Uh, yeah, the 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 fact that I mean the best shot, one of the best shots came from him, and the best the best cross that no one could actually get to came from Ray Gaddis pretty early. That's good. Good to good hear. That's true. It's too. nice. It's nice speaking, to see. Speaking of fullbacks, we don't get to see very often. We also saw Olivier and Bizo in this game. That was fun. That was a fun substitution that happened, even though it came at the expense of an injury. You know, like obviously Real had to go off, which stinks. But to see a double sub of Vutanen and Baizo just to kind of like get some fresh legs out there and actually use the bodies that you have available, it's nice because something had to change. Like nothing was going on. It was was stagnant, the attacking. So I thought it was a good move, definitely. Yeah, see, seeing a non-Jim Curtin um, standard substitution is always a good thing. And it's important to, I guess, try to remember that Mbizo's on this team. Because yeah. he's supposed to have a role. Um, who knows if he'll ever end up actually getting it or will end up being sold. But we've got to at least see the dude play. Yeah. Yeah, to get any value out of him. He's that's what I, I enjoyed about seeing him the other night, though. I think, like, he – I like I like the feel of him on the field. Like, I, yeah. you know, 14 minutes is hard to judge, like, what he's going to do over the course of 90 minutes and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I mean, he feels like an athletic dude. Like, he's got some athleticism. He's pretty big for an outside back. Yeah, I you know I want to see him get some minutes. I think seeing him play over the course of a couple games might. It's kind of like criminal, yeah. Especially if you you know if Real's issue is bad enough, then it's definitely just, hey Ray, guess what? You're going to the left side if we can't figure out left back right now. And I think it, I think it can't it can't come at the expense of Mbizo losing minutes because there's something there for a reason and he keeps making the bench for a reason and you have him on your team for a reason. If it's not to replace Ray, I don't know what it is because you clearly saw that there was something there. And I think it's worth gambling at least once, even if it is just Ray moving over to the left side, like it's not always screw Ray. It's what's the best fit right now. And I think if that's the case, then, that's just how they have to be moving forward because it's the really only option that they have unless they're trying to put Bedoya out there full time. Yeah. And just like also with the way with the way this team has been playing lately, like something's gotta change. Cause like literally I don't need I um I don't even know what, where to start. Like just the transition from defense to attack just isn't there. They don't look very dangerous. And if it's not for Mark McKenzie and Andre Blake, this is a 3 nothing Revs win. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Mark McKenzie was freaking good. Whew. Yeah, that's good to see, man. And especially, I mean, both uh, – actually, and I'm not taking anything away from Jack either. I mean – like, both of them had yellow cards decently early in the game. And 
were able to see out a tense game. Mark got his in the 50th minute. Jack got his in the 53rd. And they were able to still see out the game without getting another one. Jack yeah. may have should have had a second one, but we'll we'll let that one go. <laughs> yeah, these are good when they work out in our favor. <laughs> but no, no complaints for us. Great job. Super. Yeah, Turn but they on. were able to see out that game without getting a second, and I think that that just speaks to the talent of both of them. Definitely, it's it's a nice problem to have, but there's also regular problems that are had on this team right now. And it really all boils down to our strikers are not figuring out how to shoot and get into good positions to create scoring chances. I'm, I fail to see where the lack of ambition comes in Santos and Shabilko right now because I wish I could do their job of standing around for a good portion of that game and not attempting to create any kind of channel or run, especially when you're not playing with wingers. There's got to be movement. There's got to be something. Santos at least gets a pass from me due to the fact that we've seen good things from him like relatively recently. Sure. Um, yeah, Casper does not whatsoever, and he needs to be benched like yesterday. Um, also, but the one one thing is, it is Sergio Santos ever gonna play seventy plus minutes again? Yeah, I mean, if they figure out what's up, because it always seems to be another tiny little thing. Because that- I mean. The the Santos from Ilsenio for Ilsenio switch, one, is getting old because every single team knows that it's coming. And yep. two, it's just not working because Ilsenio hasn't done a thing since stepping on the field. It's like, oh, just let him dribble off in the corner until he inevitably loses the ball to us. Like, yep. everyone knows exactly what's going to happen. And with how old Ilsenio is, it's not like he's going to add something new to his game. <laughs> I mean, you're not asking him to change his style. No, I mean, I think, and that's, I mean, I think that for me is, yeah, it's a problem for sure. And I think where Casper is right now, and I think something he did well last year that he's not doing well this year, and I don't really know why, is like he's not creating space for, like, he's not creating space for El Sino either. Like, he's not distracting anybody from El Sino. And so, a lot of times, there's three, four players crashing on El Sino. And, but somehow, Casper's not in a position where he can get the ball and do anything with it either. And so, it's fine if you're not going to, like, if you're going to, if a team is going to crash four defenders on El Sino, that's fine. But somebody's got to be somewhere. So, he's not having to play a 30 yard ball back to, you know, Gaddis or, or McKenzie or Elliot, you know, like every time he has to drop the ball back to, to the defensive midfielders or the, or the center backs, like it's just not, it's not helping us at all. Cause then we have to rebuild it again. And it gives them a 10 second window to like adjust more and like catch up with their guy. Like any, any momentum you had going forward just gets absolutely reset when you have to bring that ball back. Cause it's not like the union are, you know, 
getting the ball back and then going into some kind of movement that can help set up a triangle or, you know, make a, make a deep run on either side. They're just kind of standing there and hoping that it works. Like they're kind of forcing their center backs to make the good passes instead of these midfielders who have that ability tenfold and should be able to do so. But it's just not happening. And it ain't great. It's certainly not because we've seen better. We, we've seen better with the same roster last year, and you've seen flashes of it this year. And I want to know, like, where that spark is to get these players to, uh, at, at its core, just move more. <laughs> what I it's, just, it's all movement. Right. And what I don't – and that's what I just don't love about – I don't even want to say the team because I don't think it's the team. It's what I don't love about – the substitution patterns from Jim is like, even in the game the other night, you see like, like, uh, you know, obviously New England has Bo. Bo was pretty dangerous all night long, had five shots, one on goal. Yeah. Like he was pretty dangerous most of the night. Pania, when he could get behind Gaddis and, and he didn't get behind Gaddis a ton, but anytime he could get behind Gaddis, like he was, he was creating some some opportunities and all that kind of stuff. Kellen Rowe was pretty standard. Teal Bunbury is pretty standard. But when they start making substitution, you have Diego Fagundes, who has kind of lost his his position and is trying to earn some starting minutes back. You have Tejon Buchanan, who is a young guy who literally doesn't care and will tear your defense apart all night long. And then you have Justin Renix, who comes in and, and – just creates havoc for four minutes or 10 minutes of the game when you count stoppage time. And I think like we, <laughs> then you look at ours, we have Mbizo who, when you put him on after El Sino, he can't create anything because El Sino takes up that whole side of the field. So he can't really get up the, the field because El Sino automatically goes to the line and there's no way Mbizo can even overlap. And then you have, Wooten, who I don't know what Wooten's deal is, and then they, with a minute left, you put on Graval. Yeah, like, like got to preserve <laughs> that nil-nil draw. I mean, I understand, I understand that, but like, <laughs> I, why not bring Fontana on at some point? Why not bring? And the other part of this is frustrating for me, and I, I'm not taking anything from any of these guys because I think all four of them have been good all season long. Montero, Aronson, and Bedoya. All three of them are are workhorses. They run around all game long. They, I mean, they're good. They're, there's nothing. There's nothing really wrong with their game. But none of them are like super creative. And so, in a game like this, where we need a, a flash of brilliance somewhere, I don't think any of those guys are going to bring it consistently. Aronson has his has his opportunities, but last night or the other night wasn't his night. Hey. Yeah, this unfortunately is where you're missing a prototypical 10. Yeah. Um, because even for how disappointing his very short tenure was with the team, do you know that Marco Fabian would have shot six shots that he shouldn't have shot, um, made some passes that he also shouldn't have made, but it would have made space for everyone else to do something. And there's no one that's just like, for the hell of it, trying things out there right now. 
yeah, it all seems like the buildup has to come with the ball coming into the 18 and someone has to get on the end of it. And the fact is these midfielders are not making these deep runs either. Well, yeah. So. The fun thing, I was looking at the pass map um, and basically uh, the unit didn't pass in the box or really particularly close to the box at all. Really, they stayed out of the middle of the field and just overloaded the right-hand side and tried to attack down there. And, like, that's just not going to get you anywhere, yeah. especially not with such a narrow formation. Like, maybe if they were playing a four-two-three-one, you can do something like that and have something happen. But since they've sold every winger over the past couple of years, they don't even really have that as a fallback option anymore. No, and you got to ask that if this is Jim's style and if the way that they want to play doesn't work with the current formation, is Jim the problem with the talent that they have? It has um, to be more dynamic. It has. I mean, it has I mean, to be. I, I still don't – I don't believe that Jim still has all of the tools at his disposal that he needs because Fair. it's still when you look at that bench – Outside of, realistically, Fontana, who didn't play, but again, we've already gone into the fact that that's an issue. Um, who's going to change a game? And then you have your um, Tam signing and Orvets missing another 18. Yeah. It's a weird time. It's like, you know, the pieces are there. And you know that there's room for growth especially if Aronson ends up getting sold. Now you have to get a 10 and you have a really big decision to make as to how you approach that signing. Cause if it's, if it's good and it's someone who can create, it becomes an entirely different way of approaching the game because it doesn't have to build up from the back. You can go straight to him, whoever it may be. And things can start really moving. And once they see that this guy, uh, a 10 that can attack directly at, you know, a defensive midfielder or a center back is going to create channels for both of those strikers to get their easy chances because they're good finishers. I mean, Casper, I'm not entirely sure of right now, but was a good it, yeah, they're, they're not going to just be like gift. They're not being, gifted these chances right now they're having to work for them and i think they don't really like it that much because they don't seem super eager to get themselves into good spaces it's just i'm not seeing it right now so if that's what it takes that's what it takes but it's a very like you see where the changes have to be made right now and you may have the funds to make those changes very soon this is a key time in union history. They need to get this right. If there's gonna, if the ceiling is just gonna be third or fourth place in the East, um, it can be higher. One question. So, if the sale is to is of um, Mackenzie and not Aronson, can the union actually even afford to lose him from this team? Yes. Oh. Who? McKenzie. Yes. Can the team afford to lose McKenzie right now? Uh, it's tough. It's tough because he's so good. 
<laughs> it's like how many more saves must Andre Blake have to make in a game? I mean, I mean, it obviously, all, it depends obviously, on how good they rate Glesnes. Obviously, you do buy a replacement because I mean, Glesnes and Colin can't be your only other center backs outside of Elliott under contract. Well, it, then it seems like it's just up to Tanner to do smart business, and in which case, then yeah, I guess you can. <laughs> I mean, I think you can. I think center backs, center backs in this league, <laughs> service. There's like there's like two or three teams that you actually need a good center back, right? You know, like you know, if you're gonna have Pity Martinez scoring goals from the thirty yards on the dribble and Nagby hitting something off the volley into the top 90. I mean, yeah, okay, you need a couple center backs who can actually play. But outside of, like, a couple teams and a couple games, I don't know that you need, like, all-star center backs all the time. I I just mean more based on the way that the union play, which is invite a whole lot of pressure and hope that your defense will actually um, bail you out. Because at least as of right now – they're not playing any games on their terms. Mm. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. I mean, I think you need to have a good one. I think Glesnes is a serviceable replacement for McKenzie. But like you said, you can't then have one backup center back. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and... Well, and also just have that backup center, center back literally be a turnstile. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you look at the other. You look at the other. You look at the other team in this game, and Mister, I never retiring and play till I'm ninety. Andrew Farrell, playing with first year center back Henry Kessler. I mean, I think and Kessler was good all night. <laughs> there were several <laughs> times I thought we were going to score, and Kessler was right there. So yeah, I mean, I think like oh my god, it's uh, you can get away with not having great center backs just uh, but, and if you believe in what happens at the usl level you can always slide matt real inside <laughs> oh please god no <laughs> i was I, born to play that position. i never i, nev- I never want to see that at the mls level now's my time to shine <laughs> Cause it, and it was not good at the USL level, uh, just for sorry, those who sorry, were sorry. wondering. I shall force you to watch me no matter where I play. <laughs> I, only saw, I only saw the Riverhound score four goals on Matt Real playing center back with Benny Monofamu. Uh, no, those were different times. I am the future. <laughs> that was last year, Paul. It was not that long ago. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> uh no, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, I think you probably are going to lose both of them, but you would hope it's both of them and not just one of them. But yeah. McKenzie, I think at this point, McKenzie's going to be the tough one to replace. I think if, if you're going to play the same style and you're not going to want to go get your kind of creative traditional 10, then Fontana, Ontario, uh-huh. we can figure it out. Losing I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to think about um, playing this style if they don't get someone actually creative. Because yeah. these games are just going to get duller and duller. Yeah, it's it's just 
I mean, if, in theory, it'll work against a good amount of teams, this grind-out style and, you know, just be an opportunistic team. But they shouldn't be shooting for that because they see what kind of weapons they have available and they could unlock such a fluid style of play with very little modification needed. I um, think we also just underrated the impact of Fafa Pico. Yes. A lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Pop up basically anywhere, no matter what he's actually doing in a game for either a saving tackle or goal. Fast feet, man. They... I mean, I just think that's the thing with this team, is this team does not have somebody who is going to change a game, necessarily change a game. Ilsenio can, but hasn't been able to do it this year because it's it's all too predictable. But it's not... It's not a Tejan Buchanan. Like, that was and, my thing. And, we're, and, <laughs> like, and technically, we're paying Jamiro Montero to be that guy, but that's also not his role. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think that that's – yeah. <laughs> and I, I just want to – well – If there's I, someone more creative in front of him – he's able to not be like the attention seeking midfielder in that formation, despite him wearing the number 10, it will have to divert to whoever's at the top of the diamond because when, when he's getting the ball, like he's getting messed up. He's, he's taken a lot of tackles this year and has had to dish out quite a few on his own. Well, yeah. I mean, the Revs were basically playing whack a Cause if you take him out of the game, who else was going to do anything? Yeah, that's tough. Like, does that mean we need to talk about Bedoya? <laughs> I mean, no, um, why? We we we, we t- realistically, yeah, yes and no, um, because he has he hasn't been great. But again, it it's just a weird thing with Bedoya because again, that's just it's not his role. Um, you have just a lot of very similar midfielders all just going out there. And then if they don't actually get pace, space to pass in behind, they don't really have much else that they can do. Like Bedoya's going to go out, get his tackles, run a bit, play some relatively conservative passes, and maybe shoot. You know who else can do that? Anthony Fontana. Like, and probably for longer and be faster doing it. Yeah. Like this. I mean, they, is, this is will, not rocket science. There like, will be a position. There, de- there, de- there definitely will be a point. I hope in which F- Anthony Fontana takes over for Bedoya, but it's not necessarily something that I feel like we need to call for right now because no. he's still not going to bring much more to the plate than Bedoya brings currently. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I in in bringing up Bedoya. I'm not sitting here saying like we need to replace Bedoya right now. I'm just saying if if a team can sit there and play Wakamiro and just send defenders, you know, whatever, all over Jamiro and and he get 
kind of destroyed all game long and, and fouls and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and, and, but Aronson and Bedoya aren't taking that pressure yeah. off well, of Miro or getting them the biggest, places. Um, the, you want to know the biggest culprit is to all of this being able to happen? Sure. Oh, I'm, uh, hold on. Let me guess. No, don't tell me. Just say um, it's El Brujo. Why though? Like I feel because like he, he can't was one pass. Of... <laughs> well, he can't. You're right. How how can your defensive valve relieve any pressure if they can't pass? Like I'm, that's, this why, is, you have center he's ba- that's why you have center backs that can pass the quick. I get the ball and well, then pass it right back to you, and then you, build, you have go. you have one center back that can pass. Ejaculate can pass. Yeah, Jack Elliott's the one that can pass. McKenzie's fine, but like that's McKenzie's just why not... replacing Mark McKenzie may not be too hard. Well, no, and that solves that's... that problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sign, not me necessarily... sign me up. <laughs> Simple solutions with Paul. Paul just needs to be the assistant coach on on Jim's bench. It's Santa Maria. I've been but it's, but it's like <laughs> if but it, if the if the base of your diamond isn't going to be able to switch the field and like spray the ball around but then no one in front of him is also really going to do that who on this team is going to do it when Kai Wack is not on the field (laughs) it's like what I mean what are we missing but that's what I'm saying but that I think that's what I'm saying I understand what you're saying I understand what you're saying but I'm not I'm not sure from from me watching the game I understand what you're saying that El Brujo is having problems relieving pressure getting out of pressure by passing but I'm not sure that Bedoya, I mean, not, and this is what I'm saying, I'm not sure that yeah. Bedoya is getting himself in positions to make it easy for El Brujo to relieve the yeah. pressure. I think, yeah, like, the def- the defense obviously is crashing on Montero because he's the best player on the field, maybe second best player on the field right now for the Union. But the other midfielder who's supposed to be the box-to-box guy is not making himself available I, all I mean, that easily. I, um it's not El Brujo's fault that yeah, I'm not, I'm El not, Brujo is I'm, having a terrible time. I'm not <laughs> trying to. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say that it's realistically anyone's fault necessarily. The problem is the fact that we're trying to play like the team we were last year without the players we had last year. True. True. Yeah. Which is Jim Curtin's fault. So we should fire him. Simple I, solutions. It, Paul, shut up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding, guys. We can figure this out. This isn't the end of the world. A scoreless draw on the road is usually pretty okay. Well, and that oh, was yeah. that That's, was what I tweeted <laughs> after the game. Like a scoreless yeah. draw in New England on the road in the first game back. Whatever. I'm not cool. I'm not. Well, that's the, that's kind of the funny thing with like everything right now. It's like we're like. Not playing well at all, but still getting results that end up moving forward and pushing the team up the table. So it's like, like, to be fair, we didn't move up the table, but we didn't move down the table either. So it is what it is. I haven't looked at the specific table. I was well. I'm going to tell you right now, actually, because when I'm looking at it, because talking about games, uh, we play on Tuesday nights against. 
the energy drinks from east of Philadelphia. Um, And they are sitting on 10 points with six teams played also. It's a three, two, and one record. We are sitting on nine points with a two, one, and three record. So, fun implications. We have ourselves a although they very have important game coming up. They've scored fewer goals than um than by, by one, and they also have a negative one goal differential. Which oh is man, this just astounding. <laughs> well, just looking at the numbers for this game, it's actually going to be um uglier than the one that we just played against the New England Revolution. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wait. We're playing the Red Bulls. Is it going to be a pretty game? No. No, it's not. Marco Fabian's not going to be deflecting any goals in for some late drama. That wasn't even pretty. (laughs) Yeah, even that. Enjoyable, but not pretty. Uh, Aye. Aye, aye, aye. (laughs) <laughs> Ridiculous times in MLS right now. I just I'm looking at this table right now, just going, what the hell is going on? Yep. In other news, Inter Miami got their first win of the season and immediately jumped from 14th to 13th over a New York City FC squad that they have a more positive goal differential. Huge leaps and bounds for them. <laughs> uh Especially the beaten Orlando team that's been pretty spicy nowadays. But uh yeah, I mean Union gotta Union gotta win this game, especially at home. You gotta think that right now they could still be a better team than the Red Bulls. One well, even hope so. Even with the standings. I I mean the reality is the standings are six or seven games in, depending five, six, yeah. or seven games in, depending what team you are. So, you know, we're looking at a team. You know, Montreal is two points back of us, but they have a game in hand. Toronto is six points in front of us and have, but we have a game in hand. You know, like there. I mean, and the reality is, like for Toronto, who knows when they're going to play a team from the United States anytime soon? But yeah, I mean. You got to play the schedule that's in front of you. You got to play the season that's in front of you right now. We only know about the next four or five games. So we got to play those four or five games. And hopefully in the next week or so, we'll find out about the next eight or nine games. Yeah. <laughs> Here's hoping. But that's that's the nature of the league. I mean, I, I do think Tuesday night's game is important. I don't think it's end of the world if we lose it. I don't think if it's like, I don't think it's any proof if we win it. But you've got to just keep playing the game. you got to keep playing the game and the schedule in front of you. Yeah, for some reason, the stakes don't seem as entirely high as a normal, normal, I guess, matchup every year this happens. But, I mean, when it you is, take – It is the nature of the league right now that it's just – it's a bit less amplified due to the circumstances. But – When you take, oh, guess what, Columbus and Toronto out of it, uh, and you come back to the Red Bulls in third place. They have 10 points. And then you go down to ninth place. They have seven points. So there are seven teams within three points of each other right now. Yeah. So, and that gap, you know, if, 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 you know, if we're able to come away with a win on Tuesday, that, that gap doesn't get any bigger. So, 
it is what it is. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be real interesting. I hope Jim's ready. Hope the team's ready. <laughs> you got to think that they'll be more ready than they were this past one, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's pretty hard to be less ready. I mean, but when you're not <laughs> playing on a consistent basis, like your fitness level, your game fitness drops. Like your fitness level might still be good because you're still in practice and everything else, but that's different from game fitness. So, but after not, getting uh, so frustrated at this New England team, you better hope that they're just like, let's do something a little different. Let's, Here's let's where we messed up. Let's, yeah. Because now it's like consistent games. Now it's at least just like, hey, this is the season. We'll just keep adding on these games. And you're moving now. No more tournament. Let's get back to some normalcy and get going. Any other thoughts, gentlemen, before we wrap up tonight? We're we're about hitting that, you know, 45, 50-minute mark. So Uh, if anyone has a bookshelf that they're getting rid of, let me know. I'm trying to trying to put my trinket somewhere. Paul's Paul's Craigslist right now. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you can just you know reach out to me anywhere. Like that's who cares. I, I just miss pretty soccer, and I hope that it returns soon. Hey. Oh uh, uh, yeah. What Chuck said. I mean, Tottenham beat Ipswich three nothing the other day. So you know. Yeah, but I didn't pay the ten dollars to see that. <laughs> Uh, who cares? Anyway, uh, yeah, so I don't care. I don't care. Uh, all right, guys. Well, let's get out of here next uh, Tuesday night. New York Red Bulls at some stadium in Philadelphia. Google doesn't even know what it's called anymore. So, oh, you got to give credit to Subaru. The Subaru Park is where it is on Tuesday night. But 730 Tuesday night, Red Bulls coming to town. So we will talk to you later next week. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Black lives still matter. Indeed. Later. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge. We could not do this without the help of our network and sponsors. We are part of the Beautiful Game Network. For lots of soccer writing, podcasts, and other content, check out BGN at bgn.fm. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarf is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Another network sponsor that we have, and a local one to us, and, and they're run by one of my favorite people. If you're tired of the same old uniforms and the cookie-cutter templates from Nike or Adidas, you know, the, the white sheet, plain white tee, MLS, Hanes, beefy tee, off-the-rack kind of stuff, right? Or even USL sometimes, you're like, oh, that was, you know, San Antonio's kit last year, as El Paso's this year. Don't worry, we got you. For unique, completely custom kits for your youth club, your Sunday league squad, your seven-a-side, your five-a-side, even your pro team, Icarus FC's got you covered. They can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price, and you get to be involved in every step of this. And we know we made one last year, and it was gorgeous. Let them help you design your new custom kit today, IcarusFC.com. Folks, we are all over the internet. If you specifically type in Views from the Bridge, then you're going to find us some way or another. But we are on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Um subscribe to the show leave us a review 
We're on Twitter and Facebook at VFTBPod. And just let us know what you think of the show, what you'd like to hear, what you don't like to hear. We are so open to what you guys have to say. We appreciate all of you. And if you ever want to get in contact with us, you can DM us on Twitter. Or you can also email us at vftbpod at gmail.com. So hit us up. To help us keep providing content, throw us a couple of dollars at ko-fi.com forward slash vftbpod. You can also grab some of our merch at Design Tree. Make sure to check us out over at designtree.com forward slash vftb. Curtin Tanner 2020 for Evan, Justin, and Paul sometimes. I'm Chuck. Thanks for listening. And until next time, have a great day.